0: 12% increment affordable, or should Numsa just go back to the negotiation table?
1: Well, I think they've been at the negotiating table since March, so I mean, it's been quite a long time. Mm. I think we, we're pretty well, you know, sort of strike-obsessed at the moment because of the long platinum belt strike, because normally, just think back, normally this is the time of the strike season, <laughs> normally when you have uh, mm. wage negotiations, when they get deadlocked, people threaten strikes, etc., I don't understand the lockout. It looks very much as if, you know, Nomsa put up a threat, we're going to strike, and the, the employers replied with a lockout. And mm. the, the lockout, of course, is going to, it, it looks as if they're playing a bit of a game here to try and divide unions. I, I'm not sure. I don't think it's a very bright idea to have done that.
0: And um, just speaking to Gerard Papen first there, I'm not sure how much of that you heard, but he was talking about the the, the, the increment that they've placed on the table as the employers uh, saying that it is uh, above CPI rate. Now, I always find it fascinating when we uh, put these sort of things on the table, CPI rate. Now, talking about a society where inequality is massive, how does that translate?
1: Well, I always get annoyed about the CPI use because the point is this is calculated, this is your inflation rate that's calculated by uh, Stats South Africa as an average inflation rate. Now, that includes things like white goods, televisions, luxury motor vehicles, a whole lot. And, in fact, um, food, for example, I think is weighted at less than 20%, whereas the majority of lower-paid workers spend up to 50% or more of their disposable income on food. Food price rises have been enormous uh, in in the last few months. And then, of course, um, the majority of, of lower-paid workers tend to live very far from their workplaces. That's a you know, part of apartheid geography that we've maintained. And transport costs have gone up well above official CPI. So obviously, workers in the lower-paid categories, and although he says that you know, it's very expensive, they're not actually very highly paid, are still paying more for transport than most other workers uh, in the higher-paid categories and they're also paying more for food. So I think a double-digit increase is probably warranted. And whether it can be afforded, yes, I think it can be afforded. Uh, Obviously, if uh, it can't, it's up to the employers to open their books and say, look, we'll go bankrupt if we can't do this. This idea of job losses is is also nonsense because employers will only employ the number of workers they need to do the jobs that need to be done. That's all there is to it.
0: And always in such uh, cases, we hear about foreign direct investment. Now, companies that will be affected include the likes of Eskom, ArcelorMittal, as well as, uh, you know, some other companies in the automotive industry. Now, BMW, uh, we remember, they scrapped uh, the expended investment in the country. Should we be concerned that similar um, things could happen with regard to other companies?
1: No, well, we haven't really had all that much foreign direct investment. If you think about greenfield investments, we've had, you know, you talk about uh, uh, the metal side of things, that, or ISCO, mm.
0: that's
1: sold off. Uh, the majority of the dividends there flow overseas anyhow. And that's buying into, it's like buying the Barclays Bank, uh, buying APSA sort of thing, where you actually have people buying into an existing um, enterprise and creating more problems for our balance of payments because of dividends etc. flowing abroad. Uh, as regards the automotive industry, <coughs> look, the world is in a terrible crisis. We have millions of vehicles produced last year that have not yet been sold. And that's a consequence of the global, glo- ongoing global economic crisis. So, yes, we have to look at all these things. But we also have to look at it in a global context. And I think that uh, MIMS is not out of order in, in demanding really what the unions are all demanding. Now, and this is what has really come to the fore because of the platinum belt strike. And that is, workers are saying, we've had enough of this. It's not a question of poverty. It's a question what you raised, inequality. Let's close that gap.
0: Mm. And just finally, Terry, uh, we've had three months of negotiations, deadlocked. What advice would you give to both NUMSA and the employers at this time?
1: Get back to the negotiating table, thrash it out, and stop being, uh, well, on both sides. I don't, think, I don't think NUMSA's side is too bad. They started at 15%. They've come down to 12 the employer has hardly moved at all, and I think what we... The employers, I think basically that they can sit down there. I don't think it's going to help much, speaking to mulder today, but uh, it might do. I think what NUMSA is going to raise is this whole question of, of uh, I think, Section 64, the Labour Relations Act, the lockout clause, saying that this is not on for sort the of thing. But um, I can't see that anything's going to come out of that. I think they're going to have to get back to the negotiating table. This happens, well, every year, every three years, if there's been a three-year agreement, So um, I I think that it'll probably be resolved by the end of the week. And I hope it'll be resolved at probably 10 or 11 percent.
0: From your lips to God's ears, uh, that was uh, Labour analyst Terry Bell.